Are you ready for something more, better, or different? Have you been looking for more success in your life? Here is your opportunity. Dr. Young's show, Transformation for Success, will help you discover a future for change with possibility thinking, new vision, and creative solutions to impact a more fulfilling lifestyle. Dr. Barbara is an accomplished leader and change guru who is passionate about helping others to gain the triumphs and successes that lie ahead. She brings you up close and personal with interviews from successful experts, corporate leaders, sports figures, entertainment personalities, coaches, thought leaders, and authors who dared to dream, take risks, and gain success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Welcome to my United States and international listeners to Transformation for Success on the Voice America platform. This is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Today, we are kicking off the After the Pandemic, What's Next Summit series, where I'm featuring 12 influential and iconic speakers over the next five Tuesdays. It has been stated that some of the greatest advances have been birthed by disaster. But for whom does it end? And who gets to to decide is the question. This After the Pandemic, What's Next Summit will provide you with up-close and informative interviews with these renowned men and women in their areas of expertise who will share their viewpoints on how we can take practical steps, make plans for transformative change, what are some of the strategies that we can use for coping mechanisms on a short-term and long-term basis. Will we do business as usual? Can we expect any major changes? And if so, in what what areas? Now, we don't have all the magic answers, but we can talk about what individuals can do to navigate the challenges that they may face going forward on professional, personal, financial, health, and spiritual levels in light of the speed of events we see happening today. And I'm so pleased to welcome my first guest, who's kicking off the Pandemic Summit, Mr. Bob Berg, well-known Hall of Fame keynote speaker and best-selling co-author of the Go-Giver and the Go-Giver book series. And Bob is a leading authority on influence, and he has a new book called The Go-Giver Leader. So, Bob, I want to thank you. Greetings, and thank you for taking time from your very busy schedule to be a featured guest to kick off the show today. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Greetings, Dr. Barber. Always uh, an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And I know, as we talked before in the green room, we know that none of us have all of the answers to some of the questions that people are posing. But we are so aware that we're in the midst of one of our most challenging times in in history. And I just have a, a couple of questions, Bob, in your opinion, from a professional point of view in light of this pandemic What's next? What do you think? And I know you may not have all the answers, but you certainly have a word of wisdom that you can share with our leaders and business entrepreneurs today. Well, you know, as as you said, we we don't know for sure. And so Mm -hmm. I I think with that, we've got to um, really do what, what successful people tend to do, and that is look for what we can control. Uh-huh. And control that, okay, and focus on that. Because when it comes to a pandemic, and as we've seen, there's simply a lot we cannot control. We can't control the disease itself or the, the virus itself. 
there are times when uh, governments, uh, whether our, our local or our, our town or a, a, a mm-hmm. local stores, what have you, they, they put, uh, you know, restrictions on things and so forth. So if, you know, if you can't go up to a place because it's closed or they're not letting, well, you can't. I mean, that's just, it's out of your control. It's out of that's my right. control. So those things that are, we've got to just deal with and understand that. Then we've got to ask ourselves, okay, what can I control? Can I control Uh my attitude? Now, that Uh sounds like just sort of some motivational rah-rah thing. But the fact is, our attitude is the only thing we can actually totally control. Um, uh, You know, this assumes, of course, that it's, uh, we're not talking about a chemical imbalance. You know, I'm talking about a, a, um, but but where we actually do have control of our our attitude. And, uh, you know, we can... The fact is, it's a lousy situation, but it's not as lousy as a lot of other situations in the in the past. You know, if you ever mm-hmm. read *Man's Search for Meaning* by Viktor Frankl, uh, you know he yes. was in a, he was caught up in the Holocaust. He was uh, certainly a, a, in, a, in one of the concentration camps and the horrors yes. he had to go through. And he's the one who said, it. "The only thing they cannot take away from you is your choice as to how Absolutely. you're going to." Right. And so, you know, it's a, it's a yucky situation, it's a lousy situation, but it's not the worst, you know, for, for most of us. And of course, there are people who it has hit horrendously and is really, and, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about no. for those of us who, you know, yeah. So I, I think that's where we, we begin. We begin by controlling what we can control and mm-hmm. letting go of what we cannot control. I like that. And then remembering that your choice is always in the mix. It's your choice. It is. Exactly. Exactly. You know, then we keep our eye on on what is happening next. You know, there's the saying, uh, the new normal. But you know what? We don't know what that new normal is going to be and and how normal it's going to be. But you know what? We will still survive this. And, and uh, the things will happen that, that will, you know, uh, and, and again, I'm not one of these people who ever says, oh, there's good reasons for that. Well, you know, there may be, and there probably is, but now isn't the time, to, you know, to try to say why this is good, because we don't know how or, or yet. That, that's usually something you see in retrospect, sometimes years later, sometimes decades later, sometimes months later. Um, but it will work out and we will survive this and we will adjust as we need to adjust. You know, one of the things that I, I was reminded of, you know, cause I've done uh, been asked a lot of questions about uh, this subject and what do people do? And I've been the voice out there uh, preaching hope and trust and faith and that realizing that in one of the greatest disasters in this country, uh, with the fall of businesses, there were many millionaires that came out of that. And so mm-hmm. how do you address, you know, when you talk about uh, keep keep your eye on what's normal, but there are opportunities for growth. You've been sharing a lot with, with people in terms of leadership and being an influencer. What? How would you speak to that, to those who are looking to start a new enterprise or to venture out? Uh, but something they've never done, because I've talked with many people about maybe looking within. This is this pandemic is not at the end of the world, but it is an opportunity to look, as you said, what can I control? Uh, how can I? And one thing is, is your attitude. <laughs> and then how can I look for and where should I look for opportunities 
for growth. So will we do business as usual? Uh, what can business leaders and entrepreneurs do from your point of view, Bob? And what are, what's the message you're telling people? Because you've, you've shared a lot and been so inspirational with so many, many individuals. Well, there's lots of shifting taking place. And I, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of companies, uh, small and, and large, are saying, okay, if, if right now we're not doing business with our customers in the usual way because they're not buying our you know, widgets or what have you, uh, mm-hmm. how can we adjust so that we can offer something that they, they do need, they do want, they do desire? So that's where the shift is. It, it always goes to, because remember, People mm-hmm. never buy from you because you have a quota to meet or because you need the money. Uh, they buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. So that entrepreneur or that business executive or that salesperson or, or what have you, that person who can keep asking themselves, themselves the question, okay, how do we match what I have to offer with what the other person needs, wants, or desires? How do I shift my business model to be able to to give that to them? Uh, that's the person who is going to survive and, and, and actually thrive. But it's all a matter of finding a way to be of value to another human being because money is simply a, a an echo of value. It's the reward you right. receive when you provide value to someone else. Value can come in the form of solving someone's problems or helping them to to, uh, you know, acquire something that they, that they want. I mean, you know, what have you. But that's really what it comes down to. The, your focus needs to be on how do I somehow, some way, provide value to the marketplace. And I, and I think that's really interesting. How, and I'm going to know, too, Bob, you know, you and I talked so much about uh, transformation and basically how you've been able to help people over the years uh, with your speaking, your leadership, and then your sales conferences. So what, you know, I just kind of want to get to this because what was the core philosophy of your go-giver books and the philosophy? Because you talked a lot about the entrepreneurial spirit and Mm -hmm. what about those who aren't entrepreneurs? What's the message you would say to them today? Because again, if you're not an entrepreneur, how are you going to find a way of being of value to another human being? Because most people think of, well, I need to go into business or, you know, I need, I need a company. So can we just address that? <laughs> not putting sure. you on the spot. Well, the, the, <laughs> no, that's okay. The, the philosophy, the premise of, you know, the whole Go-Giver series is that shifting right. your focus off of yourself. Right. And onto others, you know, so moving from an I focus or me focus to a focus on others um, is not only a, a, you know, a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way. And again, not for any uh, Lala, you know, uh, mm-hmm. magical, mystical reasons, but for very logical, rational reasons uh, that when you can make another person's life better, well, they're much more likely to want to be in relationship with you, to want to do business with you, to want to refer you to, to others. So, I mean, that's, that's the premise. Now, whether you're an entrepreneur, which we think of as someone who starts their own business, they, mm-hmm. they risk financially, time-wise, 
they invest their own money as well as others that they will owe and, and so forth. Uh, that's an entrepreneur, sure. But even if you're working within another company, even if you're working as an employee, while you may not be an entrepreneur, you're still an intrapreneur. And just like this entrepreneur mm-hmm. who has customers that they depend on uh, in order to, to survive, well, you have a customer too. You have plenty of customers. It's, it's the people within the company you work for that you report to, whose lives you need to add value to. So it might be your supervisor. It might be your colleagues and coworkers. It, 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 it's, of course, ultimately the uh, – uh, well, penultimately, it's the employer. Ultimately, it's the uh, customers, <laughs> even if you never – uh, speak with them personally, just by what you do, how it affects them. So uh, by, by always focusing on providing additional value within the mm-hmm. organization, what you're doing, first of all, is you're keeping yourself invaluable so that you keep your job, but you're also placing yourself, creating the context for you to, uh, you know, get a raise, be promoted, have, have uh, you know, advance with, within the company. Well, I, you know, one of the things that I've always appreciated about you is really asking people about value and how people add value to others and definitely uh, shifting your focus on others. And I think some of the success stories that we have seen in the news, well, me personally and maybe you as well, have been people who've shifted their focus from themselves to how can I make life better for others? Uh, an example is a woman who started to make clothing for children who were had deformities or were born uh, challenged, uh, and she started making sleepwear for them. Uh, and there are other, you know, other entrepreneurs, or you wouldn't call them maybe an entrepreneur at this time, but definitely they shifted their focus from themselves to others. I want to uh, bring up something that I, I, the premise of your book, and if you don't mind, you had those five laws that you and John shared. You know, maybe it's time we get back to the beginning, get back to the roots, Bob, of, of the five laws that you and John shared in your first book. Would you mind just sharing those? Because I think it would be a benefit to some of those, and particularly some of my world leaders who may not have read your book, but are, are reading your books, which I would advise them to do. But you have so well, much to give. You. So, well, in, review in of those five laws. The, uh yeah. Uh, in the, uh, the Go-Giver, which is the original book in the series, there are five right. laws. The laws of uh, value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. And just summarizing them very briefly, the law of mm-hmm. value really looks at the importance of providing such an immensely value-based experience that the person who does business with you feels as though they receive lots more in value than what they paid. While, of course, you Mm -hmm. also make a very healthy profit. So both parties come away better off afterwards than they were beforehand. Right, right. Uh, And again, that takes place because of a focus that you bring on, on to the other person on making, uh, on making this a, a very unique experience for them. Law number two, the law of compensation, says your income is determined by how many people you serve as well as how well you serve them. So it's not just about providing immense value, as important as that is. It's also being able to impact the lives of many people with that Uh value. Uh Law, Uh Law number three, the law of influence, which says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first 
And that's not meant in a way that says you should be anyone's doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial. It's simply understanding a very, very basic premise, and that is all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people Uh they know, like, and trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by genuinely moving uh, off of yourself and making your win all about their win. Uh, law number perfect. four, the law of oh, thank you. Uh, law number four, the law of authenticity. Yeah, mm-hmm. says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself, which just means you're really bringing your own self to the game. You're not trying to be anyone else. Uh, but you're, you're congruent with, you know, your actions are, are congruent with your, your stated values and people yes. know what they're getting. They know who they're, yes. they're getting, which makes people feel very comfortable and very safe with you and, and to trust you. Uh, one, uh, number five is the law of receptivity. And this says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving, which means that not only do we breathe out, but we also have to breathe in, Right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we breathe out carbon dioxide. <laughs> we also breathe in oxygen. You can't do one without the other. Absolutely. The key is that you focus. Yeah, your focus is on the giving, of giving value. The focus is on the giving, but then you also have to allow yourself to receive. I love that. Um, it's, it's a matter of fact, just as a side note, uh, I had an interview with a person who um, is a professional in a high-profile job, and I asked him, over the years, you've had a lot of personal and professional experiences, what would you say was one of your biggest challenges? And he stated one of the biggest was being open to receive rather than mm-hmm. always giving, but open to receive. Yeah. So there, there, that receptivity... Sure is a lot, and particularly for, I think, a lot of professionals who are in certain areas of influence. And Bob, you know, I wanted to go back to this because I think when we, we shared earlier, maybe there's not a lot to say or to, to um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't have all the answers. But yet, in, instead, if you come up today with what I feel are some of the valuable answers and you get back to basics of these five laws that you and John shared in this book. Now, sometimes we have to be reminded as of individuals of what has been said. And one of those principles was influence. And I, and I really, really um, admire you and John for, for bringing this book. And I just wanted to bring it back to life because I think these are some of the things that people can really uh, chew on as they look towards the future. Uh, look for what you can control. You've said, what, ask, what can I control? And you said attitude is the only thing that you can control. So true. And having a bad attitude will not bring business. It will not help you during this pandemic. It will not help you to be fearful and anxious and angry. So I just want to thank you. Uh, and then keeping uh, a choice. Uh, you, number, I'm repeating, <laughs> Bob, kind of what you said. I was taking notes uh, that your choice. Choices matter. And it's always your choice. The ball is always on you. Keep your eye on what is the new normal. Now, when you said that, Bob, the new normal may not be what we saw in 2019 or years prior. We don't know what the new normal may be, but is there a way we can carve out a new normal? 
by well, what you I mean, just I said. Think to the degree, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to the degree, well, some of the things that what you said about, about keeping your eye on the new normal, the new normal, you know, of being kind, of of looking at what you control, having a great attitude, remembering that life is a choice. So I, I just want to say, is there a last word that you have? Because I looked at value, value-based experiences, compensation, how many people that you can serve, influence, how you place other people first and foremost. You place them as the important ones. Authenticity, that you're bringing yourself, your values to the game. And I believe that bring it to the game of life. Uh, receptivity. And that is a big one because we have all got to be open for change. Change is here. We are not going back to the old way. So we will have to, as business entrepreneurs, and especially in, in the economic environment that we have now, we'll be have, definitely have to be, be receptive and open to change. Bob, are there any last remarks you'd like to make? Because I can't thank you enough because, really, this was really very beneficial. <laughs> uh. Thank you. Well, you always have a way of bringing out the best in people, and I appreciate that. Uh, I think just, you know, the one last thing is make sure you get together with others and discuss ideas because they're probably having the same feelings you are. And, you know, to the degree that we can all kind of get together in in small groups, bigger groups, kind of, you know, play ideas off of each other and and, uh, receive feedback and provide feedback, that's the degree we can, can, uh, you know, all add value uh, to the whole and and uh, uh, create that benevolent context for success. Thank you so much, Bob. I'll have to have you on another show because really you got a lot more to say. And so I want to thank you for sharing. And I'm certain many of the listeners have enjoyed and benefited from what you've stated. And for those of you who may have questions or you have comments, you can call me or write me at info at transformation for success. Dot com, And I'll be happy to send your questions on to Mr. Bob Berg. So, Bob, thank you again for sharing your voice and the success strategies that you gave today with my listeners. I know I benefited as well as my listeners. So God bless you. Continue to do the good work. And I know you will. <laughs> Stay safe and be blessed. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Are you looking to watch some great video content with entertaining stories and exciting dialogue with some of the world's leading guests? Well, tune in Transformation Success TV Network each week. This network is designed to give you high-definition quality programming on eight different channels for your enjoyment that will help you get excited and inspired, whether it's on the professional development, relationship inspiration, health and financial wellness, sports and entertainment, and music to inspire. This state-of-the-art programming will motivate and educate you to be better. So whether you want to talk financial wellness or sports, all you have to do is tune in and go to drbarbaryoung.com and click on the green Watch the Videos button and get ready to be transformed. Again, go to drbarbaryoung.com and click on the green watch videos button and it will take you to the channel for your listening and viewing pleasure. If you would like to host your own show, please send your requests to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Have you been challenged in getting your prayers answered or just giving up when it seems to take so long for an answer? Well, Mountaintop Fellowship Ministries would like to personally invite you 
to join in Approaching God in prayer and devotional class every Friday morning. This is a prayer clinic teaching God's people how to approach Him in prayer and get results while building a closer and more intimate relationship with the Father. In 1 John 5.14, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So come and join along each Friday morning at 5.30 a.m. Pacific, 7.30 a.m. Central, and 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time by calling in at 951-228-7455 or join in at the website at mountaintopfellowshipministry.com. Again, the call-in number is 951-228-7455. So come and see how you can start getting your prayers answered with the God kind of results. If you're a small business owner needing to go virtual, or if you are currently receiving unemployment, or you're still employed, but feel you need to brush up on your career options, then this message is just for you. ETM University is taking applications for enrollment in classes this fall and winter. Classes for individuals will include social media management, digital marketing, becoming a webmaster, developing the tools and resources to thrive in your work from home environment. Classes for small business owners and staff include taking your business virtual, managing a virtual workforce, developing the tools and software to operate in a virtual environment, and so much more. So to get more information, including start dates, curriculum, and registration, just drop an email to info at etmmediafoundation.org. That's info at etmmediafoundation.org. Have there been experiences in your life that you could only explain that there was a divine connection or intervention? Well, the new show, God's Hookups, with your host, Dr. Barbara Young, airing live on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. This show features each week up close and personal interviews with men and women from all walks of life who will share with you their stories and testimonies about unexplainable miracles, blessings, and encounters that can only be of a God's hookup. So look out every Friday for three powerful shows that will ignite your faith and stir up your hope at 11.30, 1.30, and 2.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you would like to be a guest to share your amazing story of a God hookup, please contact Dr. Barbara Young at drb at godshookups.com for more information. And to watch on YouTube, just go to God's Hookups and click to subscribe. Momentum Speaks podcast is all about exploring momentum, how it works, what it is, understanding how the practical concepts of momentum are within your grasp, identify and eliminate energy drainers that keep pulling you backwards. We will also explore how momentum will help realign your focus from opposition to opportunities and generate the type of momentum that leads to consistency and traction to moving you forward. So together with my guests, authors, speakers, and coaches, we will have insightful commentary and great topics of discussion as well that will help you discover the potential and power of momentum that draws and pulls you closer to a purpose, to achieving things on purpose. Do you want to begin the momentum that creates the shift you need to make things possible? Then I hope you'll join me 
Subscribe to Momentum Speaks on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I look forward to sharing these stories of momentum with you all. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and God bless. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, hello, and back to After the Pandemic, What's Next Summit with my next guest, Mr. Alex Stern. Hello, Alex. How are you? I'm so great. How are you? I am so great, and I'm so thankful to have you on the show. I tell you, I want to get my listeners to know that this is none other than Mr. Alex Stern, entrepreneur, speaker, mentor, investor, and Alex Alec is the co-founder of Constant Contact and many other startup ventures, and he's known as America's startup success expert. So, Alec, it is so great to have you as a featured guest on the show today. I have, you know, as, as you know, we are going through one of the most challenging times ever in our history. And my question to you, and I'll be very brief, a couple of questions from a professional point of view in light of this pandemic, what would you say that might be next steps for businesses. What will we say to people who are in business or going into business? What would you say to them? Will we go into business as usual? And what kind of changes can one expect from your perspective? These are just a couple of the questions that I'm I'm throwing out to you. Oh, yeah. No, these are, uh, I'm sure, top of mind for a lot of people and discussions that people are having. And in fact, Mm -hmm. Uh, over the last four or five months, I've spent a lot of time talking to small businesses, entrepreneurs, and startups um, about where, where we are and, and sort of today's market conditions and, and everything that uh, has evolved for, for what does it mean to do business today. So very timely. And um, I think the first thing I, I, I often will ask people, um, you know, are, uh, if you look at your three to five year vision, uh, if you're already in business today, are you on a track to achieve the vision that you're hope, hopeful for or looking for? And half the people say no. So mm-hmm. it, really, it really is sort of a step back to say, okay, um, let's talk about working on the business, not in the business. Let's get away from the tactics. Let's get away from the things you did before. And let's talk about are you on the path to that, to that vision? And if you're not, what can you do to change uh-huh. to get on that path? And oftentimes, it's just getting back out. Uh, if you're if you're brand new, it's getting out to your target market and and really assessing um, what what is it that they're looking for. What do they want? What do they want more of? What don't they have? Um, and then seeing if what you're going to bring out will uh, will be something that would get them either uh, uh, saving time, saving money, or or increase revenue. If you're already in business. You potentially are on a lane in a highway doing business, and it, you know the lane adjacent to where you are might be the bigger opportunity or something that can get you on the path that you're looking for. If you're not there now, and if you are, what can you do that's different today to, to um, achieve those goals and objectives 
because the uh, you know, everyone says, "Oh, you got to think outside the box, and you got to do all these things." Well, well, you know, we don't know if what's coming next is a box or a, a cylinder or a rectangle or you know, we don't know what it is. So, so we've got to really start to to think about um, you know talking to our target market and doing things differently. Uh, especially as it relates to virtual activities that we're all getting accustomed to these days, um, you know, which is uh, something that most businesses haven't done before. So that, uh, I guess that would be the first thing I would, I would center on. Um, and the things that I do, uh, that I do see, um, you know, uh, virtual is here to stay. And so, so with the people that, that you are um, – working with as customers today, you've got to find ways to, to, to bring in virtual and do more things with them today um, with regard to virtual. And so there are a lot of opportunities to stay in front of your customers without waiting for them to come back to you. And that's what I think a lot of people aren't doing, uh, hadn't done before and really aren't doing much of now and really need to step up and do so. So I guess the, uh, the the next thing I would just say is um, as it relates to uh, virtual. So, for example, I was talking to an art gallery, and I asked uh-huh. them, "Where's the art?" And they said, "Well, it's locked up in the uh, it's locked up in the in our retail shop, and when we get a chance to open up, we'll pull it back out." And I said, "Why don't you take one of your top artists and bring home that art? You know, four, five, six pieces. Uh-huh. Uh, do a virtual do a virtual art show." Get your artists to come on the show, talk about what got them, what's their influence for getting into, um, you know, painting and, and, uh-huh. and, and doing the, the works of art. Let them talk about the individual pieces, invite all your customers, ask them to do watch parties and invite their friends. Wow. And in talking to a, to a gallery owner, uh, they did just that. And they said that they sold a piece of art, that somebody, one of their customers set up a watch party and some of their friends uh, actually participated in, uh, in the watch party. And one of, one of the extensions to their customers actually bought a piece of art. So, uh, you know, so that's one, sort of one example of how you can stay in front of your customers virtually while, um, you know, while, while, instead of just waiting for them to come back in when, when they'd like, when you, when you reopen your, uh, your gallery. Um, one of my intriguing questions that came to me, because we know that there are many business owners or maybe people in business that are leaders that are maybe not as up to date and current on this digital future that they find themselves in. Uh, particularly, I'm thinking of some of the more seasoned uh, business leaders. Have you been able to chat, chat with them uh, or ha- even have conversations with them as to how they, what their plan might be. And then my second question out of that, we have a lot of students who are in college today. What would you say to them that would be their best guess to major um, in business, but would they focus on a particular area? I know that's a two-fold question, but we still have a lot of seasoned, uh, what I call seasoned individuals that are still working, still in the business world, but they're behind when it comes to being in the digital marketplace. Yeah, there's, I mean, so there's no time like the president to uh, present to move um, to move digitally and to uh, and virtually. I mean, I think what, you know we're sort of talking about um, just getting ex- getting getting in front of your target market uh, and your and more importantly your customers. I asked a lot of folks, you know, how much are you spending time with your customers today, and they're like, well, not a lot. You know, once, uh-huh. once things come back 
normal, you know, we'll start, we'll start <laughs> sort of reengaging. And I'm like, there's such a miss there because, you know, your best, your best prospect is your current customer. You know, if you're, you know, most people sort of put the customers aside to go look for new customers. Well, your current customers are a trusted resource, um, their sphere of influence to tell others about what you're doing, uh, you know, gives, uh, affords mm-hmm. you a lot more opportunity to, to, um, to get new customers, you know, through the, through your current. And so, so now more than ever, you've got to really show a lot of love and, and, and attention uh, and put that toward your current customers. And so, so it's stepping up and doing some things virtually. So, so if you're not in the digital world and, and uh, really focusing uh, in on um, digital marketing and sort of the all aspects of that, you know, then um, you can ease your way in, into that and, and start to test them some things now. Your current customers and your target market are have a little more time on their hands, so there's opportunities for them to potentially see and spend more time with things that you might do with them because they're not in the day-to-day of their world as much, and so they have a little more free time. If you're starting a business or you have an idea, uh, uh-huh. so if you're a seasoned and seasoned, <laughs> folks are uh, just many are starting new businesses uh, as folks coming out of college or, or um, you know, just that, that want to be entrepreneurs and I think that, you know, I'll often ask people, are you, uh, you know, are you um, innovative? Do you think you're an innovator? And I'll ask at audiences when I'll speak at conferences, 10, 15% of the hands go up. And I'll say, how many <laughs> of you the day, week, or month have an idea? Um, you've seen a product or service and say, gee, that service could have been delivered better. That product could have added these features and probably been better. But, but have ideas and every hand goes up. And so the bottom line is uh, get, get, get working on that idea, noodle on it, talk to others about it. You might find some other people that want to jump in and work on the idea with you uh, and start building a team around, around the idea. But get out as early as possible to your target market and ask them for feedback. And don't go to family and don't go to people you know. Don't go mm-hmm. to people you've done business with before. You go to strangers because you'll get brutal, honest feedback. And so you'll, you'll ask them about what they're looking for and what are their goals and so on. And then you'll say, look, if we could provide you uh, something that will save you money or uh, increase revenue or save you time, would that be of interest to you? And, and so oftentimes they'll say yes, and you, you share your value proposition and or possibly even demonstrate something that you were thinking of working on. And when they get wide-eyed with the idea, then, you know, you know you're onto something. So don't, don't work in stealth mode. Don't worry about mm-hmm. don't share trade secrets. Just get out to your target market as early as possible with new ideas, new features, um, new offerings, or, or existing ones that you're enhancing. Let, them, let your target audience be the ones to tell you if you're onto something. Do you feel, <clears throat> now that you bring this up, that the millennials sort of get this uh, in terms of some of your ideas that you just shared? The millennials. Because yeah, they seem to be, from my point of view, they seem to be making a headway with some of the things that you just outlined. Working in a group, having ideas, sharing their goals, um, getting feedback, uh, really targeting an audience, getting out there in the digital world. And, and so... <laughs> Will some of the uh, seasoned <laughs> seasoned folks be left behind, or do you? I'm just asking a question. Just came to my mind about the millennials seem to be getting it. Do you find that to be so? 
Well, I say I say on some fronts, yes, the millennials, um, you know, they have a propensity to work in front of a computer. They have a propensity to potentially do some digital things. But as it relates to some of the other things that I mentioned around um, getting out early and often, talking to a target market, you know, mm-hmm. reaching out into your network to find someone who knows someone who, you know, might be someone you'd want to speak to in a target market. I think that, you know, um, more seasoned uh, seasoned folks would be more comfortable with things like that. I think millennials mm-hmm. may, may want to work in a vacuum or maybe just share the idea with a friend or two and kind of, uh, I, I think in either case, um, those that will step up and get out and get in front of their target market and get feedback and share ideas. It, it's one thing to share it with others. It's another to share it with your target market. And I mm-hmm. often hear people say, well, I, I know what they need. You know, uh, I used to be a small business or, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with small businesses. I know what they need. I'm like, you know, but you don't know today what they want. So, so go and or need. So go out and ask. And, and, and so this isn't a judgment around millennials versus, you know, more seasoned uh, folks, but, but I think in either case, sometimes there's hesitance. And I think it just, that, 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 that's where they may not want feel comfortable you know, getting on the phone and calling, you know, a small business if that's their target market to ask them questions or what have you. And and I think in either case, you just got to get over that. You've got to get over it and you've got to feel comfortable to have a conversation and talk to them about it and not revert back to just wanting to sort of do everything online. So I think it is important that some of the grassroots things that in in either case, um, uh, folks need to be comfortable doing. What do you think about uh, the growing and uh, increasing number of masterminds that are being developed? I'm sort of taking note of a lot of this uh, mastermind groups uh, that are forming, you know, with focus or, you know, with Zoom conferencing and so forth. What's your take on that, Alex? Yeah, so I think masterminds in general and, you know, a lot of them are following the, you know, sort of the, some of the principles of Napoleon Hill and the structure and so forth. Mm-hmm. I think they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, the one thing I will say with all that's, that's popped up virtually these days, and then there's uh-huh. been a ton of mass, but you know, everyone's doing, the, you know, everyone's doing it. Right. So, so there's sort of Insta gurus and there are these people that, that may not have the, you know, the actual, uh, school of been there, done that. Right. So, so it's more of the, the educational practices and the, the formation and the formality of, of the steps you take in a mastermind. So, so leading those, you know, anyone can do. I think when it comes down to the, you know, from the experience perspective to be able to personally share, you know, share, share things, uh, you know, some, some, some just may not have that, that actual experience themselves. So then they've just got to make sure they've surrounded themselves with others. And, and masterminds are great because you're not only learning from whoever the host is or the moderator Uh or the, Uh you know, the one running it. Uh, You also learn from, from peers. And so if you, if you put together a, peer group doing the mastermind that are all in the same or similar position of, of either the market that they're serving or um, the technologies that they're using, then they can all, you know, the, the water level can be raised by all of them and learn something. So, so I think it's great that everyone's um, affording the opportunity for people to get together virtually and do things. Mm-hmm. For me, I've asked me, should I join this person's mastermind? Or what about this person's mastermind or which would you join? And, and I just tell people, you know, you got to do your research. What is the mm-hmm. host and the, and the people mm-hmm. running it? What is they, what's their background? What have they done? 
before, and do you feel you could learn from that? And then also, who are the peers that are going to be on the mastermind to, to see if you feel that you're amongst a group that you're going to not only, um, you, could, you could add value to them, and then that you'll also get value back from them. And so, so sometimes when there's not a match and there's, there's people of uh, yeah. yes. all shapes and sizes, you know, it may not be something that, like, you know, you might grow out of it. Uh, you know, and so, so it's just really making sure there's a match across the board. And, and I'm really a big fan of, um, you know, of doing, uh, doing programs to, um, to help others. And, and so I've spent a fair amount, of, fair amount of my time doing that. In fact, we'll be working out a program myself coming up soon with a few others that have um, been, at, been in the school of been there, done that, so that we mm-hmm. can empower them with our lessons learned but also, you know, make sure they're, we're learning from each other. I think that's wonderful. And, and you've done so much. Uh, I really want to bring you back on the show, but I want to interview Alex Stern. And really, I want to get to some basics of how you got started. Um, however, we're talking about what's next after the pandemic, but before and after. One of the things I was intrigued to, uh, Alex, you've had so much experience with startup companies uh, in your past, and you've done an excellent job. What would you say would be out of the startup companies that you worked with, what would you say were your successes and what did they do that they became successful following your lead? Yeah, and so, well, so there's several things. Uh, I guess I'll give you a couple of highlights maybe. I think the first okay. thing is um, you, uh, I, I, I stay in my lane. So I know the areas okay. of go to market, branding, um, you know, marketing. There's certain things that, that are in my lane. Uh, uh-huh. You know, you think of the, there's so many things when you start a business that you have to focus mm-hmm. on and oftentimes they're not in your skill set or, so you're going to take the time to learn it. You're going to take the time mm-hmm. to do it. You're going to take the time mm-hmm. to figure it out. Like all, all of that takes a lot of time. And I always ask somebody time, value, and money. Like if you spent mm-hmm. the 10 hours it needs to do that thing, just because you're a startup, you got to do it on your own, whatever. If you spend those 10 hours, if you took those 10 hours and did something that's in your lane of what you're really good at, would this, would this business advance more or would it, would it advance, um, you know, comparable to you mm-hmm. learning this new thing and doing it just cause you got to wear all these hats when you're, when you're starting a business. And oftentimes there's not a lot of value in spending all that time. And then if there's maintenance to continue doing, doing whatever those things are. So think about just, you know, you could fire, you could find people and hire them, you know, you don't necessarily need a co-founder to do all those roles. You don't necessarily need someone who's on payroll. You could find uh, folks that are fractional, um, you know, payroll. So, you, you know, hiring them part-time. You could find interns. You know, there's a lot of, there's uh, ad, uh, uh, admins and, you know, all mm-hmm. kinds of folks that you can bring into the fold. And, and another great place, you know, especially for things with, uh, with marketing and digital marketing and so on that, you know, uh, there, there are, there are many that are expert in it. So, so the learning curve is, is zero or not near zero and they can get done, get that done for you at a fraction of what it would cost in your time to do it mm-hmm. yourself. So, so staying in your lane is my first thing that I've always, I've always, uh, sort of lived by. And then the second thing is that, that, you know, you've gotta, you've gotta be uh, title agnostic. You know, oftentimes when we start something, we want to be called the CEO. We want to be called <laughs> well, the, the, not the title. I'm laughing, Alec, because that always happens. <laughs> President, <laughs> CEO. <laughs> right. We might not want to do the work, but we want the title. 
And then you'll ask those people, well, what if someone, so you brought someone else in to take CEO or president or, or to step in above you to do that? Oh, no, 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 I don't want anyone above me. You know, so there's, so it becomes this, I don't know, you know, ego, ego. Whatever. Um, and, and so, so egos aside, you know, you got to put them aside when you're starting something, you're going to be humbled every day. You better get used to it. And one of the things is to, is to be title agnostic and, and know that at some point, you know, if you go out and you're going to raise funds, they're going to want to bring some of the, some, someone or some, some folks that they know that they've done things with that have uh, led to success. They're going to do what they can to make to help make this successful. On top of giving money to you, they may bring resources as well. And you've got to be willing to step aside. So, so in all of the businesses that I was on the, the founding team of, you know, we all established that title agnostic and we're not going to worry about it. The, the, this is one of those areas where I see a lot of businesses fail. There's three co-founders. And I'm like, well, what are your, like, who's in charge? Well, we're all in charge. We're sort of co-CEOs, <laughs> although. And I'm like, well, what, what, what's your discipline? Like, who, who's responsible? So one of them's more of an operational guy. One of them's more, um, you know, of a, of a, maybe a business guy. And one of them's more of a technical uh, role. And so at the end of the day, I'll say, okay, which one of you ultimately will get the CEO title when you go away from this co-CEO, co-founder, uh, you know, mentality? And, and they can't sit there and say, no, we're all going to be equally responsible and whatever. That's, that's set up for failure. Because at some point, one person needs to be fully responsible for the success or failure of that company. And anyone investing is going to want to see that. But they also do want to see a team. They want to see people that are uh, mm-hmm. in this different discipline. You know, if you're all technical, that's very good. On the business, so on. So it's just really important to make sure that you're that you're taking into consideration that that someone is going to you're going to have to split that up, and someone someone might become the actual CEO, someone might become the COO or the head of business development or marketing, and the third person might be this uh, the CTO. You know, if that's, those are your areas of expertise and you've got to be willing to, to accept that. And I hear some that, that just, they even almost get in a, like a little bit of a disagreement when I ask them these questions, you know, cause they, they just see themselves mm-hmm. all equal. And that's, you know, you can't, there's not three captains of a ship. That's why they make one person, the captain, yep. well, Alec, I, I really can't thank you enough for bringing us. And I really like this. Um, the point number one, stay in your lane. I love that. Uh, and I and and be the ag- title agnostic. I love that. Be title agnostic. I've never heard that term before. I think you don't mind if I take that from you and quote Alex Stern. You uh, have you been absolutely. Quote, quote me. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. You have been absolutely a blessing today to many professionals and talking about sharing some of your thoughts and ideas as they relate to the future. And I hope many of your listeners, you were taking on notes, work on the business and not what you can do. Target your market and see what you can do to bring them, save time and money. Remember, we're doing things differently today. Virtual definitely is here to stay. Customers, bring them on and face them. And I'm just sort of paraphrasing some of the things that you said. Do as much virtual as you can and you gave the illustration of the virtual art show where they actually sold a painting so thank you so much alec for being on the show today because i know the listeners have really gleaned some really vital information because we're in an era 
to highlight the importance of how we can cooperate, collaborate worldwide. This show is with listeners from all over the globe, and we are a united front in our efforts to find solutions for more sustainable success in the future with hope for all individuals. So I thank you for tuning in today to hear my guest, Mr. Bob Berg, Mr. Attic Stern. And thank you, Alec, again for being on the show, Transformation for Success. I wish you Godspeed, and I look forward to meeting you in person very shortly. Thank you so much. Take care. This is Dr. Barbara Young signing off, and I want to thank my listeners for being on the show today, my guests for being on the show today, and I want to thank you listeners for tuning in to another Transformation for Success, where we're talking about, after the pandemic, what's next summit series. Remember, we are in an era of importance of worldwide cooperation, and that we will do, working together. So thank you, listeners, and I'll see you next week where we have two more wonderful, iconic leaders who will share with you from a personal growth perspective strategies, success, transformational changes that you can make while going through this after the pandemic what's next summit my guests next week will be mr eric swanson and mr dan clark so you'll want to stay tuned for another segment with dr barbara young on the voice america platform thank you very much for listening and god bless all of you have a great week we appreciate you joining us for transformation for success Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 12 noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for replays of the show weekly on the Voice America Business Channel and the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until our next show, have an outstanding week.